Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm met with CEOs of major oil refineries today to see what can be done to lower gas prices. At yesterday's press briefing, the Energy Secretary said that the administration will ask what these companies need in order to open up additional refining capacity. We are going into this with, to have an earnest conversation with them about what it would take. We know that there have been six refineries closed since 2020, uh, vast, no, I think five of them in 2021 and 2021. And, um, and we, we want to ask, is there capacity to bring something back online, to expand? Grandhomes said a federal gas tax break may be a modest change, but if that's combined with oil and gas companies lowering the price per barrel, then there will be a difference. The energy chief said the Biden administration would use the Defense Production Act to deal with high gas prices, but it's not clear yet exactly how. And President Biden, like all other leaders around the world, are grappling with this for their citizens, and the president is doing everything he can to reduce prices for American families. Granholm suggested on CNN's State of the Union several days ago that President Biden might take dramatic action to deal with the historically high gas prices. To discuss the pain we're feeling at the pump, we caught up with Congressman Doug LaMalfa from California. LaMalfa says that gas rebates and gas tax breaks only offer temporary relief while we need a more practical long-term solution. Congressman LaMalfa, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Appreciate it. Glad to be with you. Congressman, you represent a district in California, what some would say is a very green state, if you will. Right now, it, you know, the energy crisis that we're, we're seeing, would you say that it's self-inflicted or was it preventable? Largely preventable because uh, the mandates that keep coming down the pike from my home state, as well as during the Biden administration, have been, they don't acknowledge the strides we've made to improve how we do things in this country. If we have the cleanest running cars and trucks and tractors ever, and the, the way we extract our, uh, our energy sources are very clean and very uh, respectful of the environment, but you don't get credit for that. You know, take Anwar in Alaska, it's uh, 1.3 million acres. They only want to use about 10,000 acres of it, not even in the good part. You would think that they're ruining the whole uh, refuge up there is what you talk about. So in my home, my home state and my district, we burn hundreds of thousands. Last year, one fire was a million acres. And so the disruption that is to air quality and the amount of CO2 release, release if you want to worry about CO2, which I don't, CO2 is only 0.04% of our atmosphere, 0.04%. So it's, it's really self-inflicted by people that don't really care about the suffering of American people right now. How preventable would you say this energy crisis could be in terms of the policies that we're seeing coming out of the Biden administration? Whatever they've been talking about, whether it's the Newsom one in California or the Biden one here in D.C., they're nipping it around the edges to look like they're taking action. You know, handing out gas cards to everybody is not going to resolve the problem. It might provide some very temporary relief. And so even California, they're going to hand out the gas cards to people that have electric cars, for crying out loud. All they'd have to do if you want to do some government relief would be turn off the uh, the taxes at the at the gas station for Californians. Now Biden's talking about doing that here in D.C. for the 18 cents a gallon. We need to turn the production back on, which we're capable of. We can make more natural gas than anywhere in the world. So much available to us. Our, our petroleum production, we can do it ecologically soundly. And they just want to keep cinching it down because of their idealism of forcing everybody into electric cars, which have their own 
issues with how you're going to produce them and the batteries for them. Congressman, California, uh, your state, has some of the highest gas prices in the nation. What are you hearing uh, directly from your constituents right now with inflation and energy prices? Severe anger. They believe their government does not give a rat's rear end about how they feel, how what's happening to them, and there seems to be no remedy coming from the Newsom administration or the Biden one to help them out. Whether it's electricity with you know power shutoffs all the time when the wind blows in my part of the state because they're afraid a tree branch is going to hit a power line, cause a forest fire, or the production of energy that they need. They're just saying, well, let them eat cake. Let them. Uh, have the uh, electric cars that they can't afford, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars for electric car. People in this economy can hardly afford any more if they're renters to pay rent as well as buy food, pay their power, and and drive to work at six or seven dollar gas in some places in my home state. So government is completely out of touch and seems to be not caring about. It. I think they don't care if they lose the midterm elections if they can establish in place building blocks of tearing down our energy economy and the way energy comes from and completely permanently shift it to something else. And if they do that with the refineries, if they do that with the production, it'll be very hard to un untrack ourselves from that. If they have everybody in the financial world that finances big projects like that going this ESG direction, then this permanently changes the game. And I think that's really the goal over here. It's not so much about, oh, we're going to do something about CO2. They want to change the game and force our lives to be completely different. Congressman Lamalfa, thank you. The Biden administration today seeks to expand Title IX's protections to include gender identity. This as GOP lawmakers fire back, citing fairness in women's sports. NTD's Iris Tao has more. It's the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which outlaws discrimination based on sex in schools and colleges. Millions of girls have grown up able to play sports. But as the day is celebrated, the Biden administration is seeking to modify the law's language and sweep gender identity into its protection. The Department of Education wrote in the Thursday statement the proposed changes would, quote, strengthen protections for LGBTQI plus students by clarifying that Title IX's protections against discrimination based on sex apply to discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Some are echoing the idea, citing a need to expand equity. But especially those who have been left behind by the law, including girls of color, girls with disabilities, trans athletes, and all LGBTQ plus youth. But it's also getting pushback. But this is discrimination against women, plain and simple. Republicans say the changes would further allow transgender people to compete in women's sports, disadvantaging female athletes. Allowing athletes to self-identify into a gender category erodes the gains that women have made over the past 50 years, and it ignores the biological differences between male and female athletes. And Senator Cynthia Lummis tells NTD that she believes transgender people should have their own competition category. So they can still compete, but they're not competing at an advantage that disadvantages women from getting scholarships to go to college. Biden's proposal now faces a public feedback period before the administration can finalize any changes. Meanwhile, the Department of Education says more specific rules regarding transgender students competing in school sports will be released later.
Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. The White House today agrees to cancel $6 billion in federal student loan debt. This is specifically for 200,000 borrowers who claim they were defrauded by their college. And President Biden is also considering broader student loan forgiveness. And Congresswoman Virginia Fox is a Republican leader of the House Committee on Education and Labor. She's been advocating for the education system since she took office. And with both parties celebrating 50 years of Title IX, we had a chance to sit down with the Congresswoman earlier. Congresswoman Virginia Fox, thank you for joining us on the Capitol Report. Thank you for having me. Congresswoman, President Biden is set to make his decision on whether or not he is going to relieve uh, student loan debt uh, in the coming weeks. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, do you think if he were to decide yes, it would be a good thing? Or what are the unintended, potential un unintended consequences? This is one of the most unfair things that President Biden could do. He's going to um, uh, pay off the debts using hardworking taxpayer money of wealthy people in this country. More than the more than 70% of the debt that is owed now is owed by the top half of the earners in this country. So we are not helping low-income people. For every dollar that is paid off for a medical student, a medical school uh, tuition, only 10 cents for a bachelor's degree student. 70% of the people in this country either chose not to or had no opportunity to go to college, but they are the ones who are going to be saddled with, with this debt. Make no mistake about it, the debt doesn't go away. It is, re, it is a transfer of wealth from some people to others, and it's totally unfair. I mean, as you're saying this, it sort of reminds me of, uh, you know, Mao, Mao's early uh, form of communism during the Cultural Revolution, a form of class warfare, in a sense. It, it, most people won't understand it as class warfare because Democrats are so good at language. They're saying, oh, let's forgive the student debt without realizing that that just puts a burden on the American people. It will make inflation worse, probably drive it above 9%. So it's just, again, 70% of the people in this country do not have college degrees. They chose not to go or they chose another route. Also, what about the people who did borrow money, who paid it back? What is fair to them? What is fair to the parents who might have worked two jobs? to come up with the money for tuition and fees so their students wouldn't have to borrow money. It's just wrong in every sense of the word. It undermines our values in this country. We sign on a line to, to borrow money and to pay it back, and that's what we should be doing. Congresswoman, uh, right now, Title IX has been in the headlines throughout the day uh, for different reasons. Uh, fifty years since it was signed into law. What does uh, Title IX mean to you fifty years later? Well, when Title IX was passed, it was hailed to help women students and, uh, and girls, women and girls, so there would be equity in the way they were treated 
in both public and private schools. It was particularly focused on uh, sports. It, we went from a time when only one in 27 females participated in sports in college to now one in three. It has opened up scholarship op opportunities for students. It's opened up uh, job opportunities for female students. So it was a good thing. It's one of the rare things the federal government has done uh, that has been good. Uh, I spoke about the uh, 50th anniversary of Title IX today on the floor, and I hailed it. But I'm very concerned with what the Biden administration uh, wants to do in changing the rules related to Title IX. And in that uh, regard, do you think that a possible solution to this whole transgender uh, argument in sports could be, or a reasonable solution would be to potentially have their own league for trans, uh, trans athletes? Or what, what do you think is the proper way forward here? Well, I'm not involved very much in sports myself and never have been. But what I don't want to see happen is for women to be erased. And that was what I said today. What the Biden administration is doing, and it's so ironic, given the fact that Democrats really were the leaders to give women e equity. And now it basically looks like they're trying to erase women. Uh, it is unfair for men to be competing in women's athletics. Uh, I think the uh, Swimming Association has made a good decision to say, you know, if you did not transition I think by the age of 12, then you can't compete in women's swimming. And I think that is a, a, a good thing to do. I haven't delved into what the options are. What I don't want to see happen is women to be discriminated against again. It is totally unfair. I also want us to protect due process. I have to tell you, Betsy DeVos and the, and the people in the Department of Education did a fantastic job of clarifying Title IX rules and coming up with a great set of rules. And I hate to see that thrown out with very little thought and to promote a progressive woke agenda. Congresswoman Virginia Fox, thank you. Thank you very much. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.